Tom, you got anything? Well, firstly, I'd like to say that I do actually recognise this particular solution. <laughs> so because... you so today I'm speaking with Tom Wilkinson. Tom got the highest ever score on the TV show Countdown, a show that's been running now for around 40 years. If you enjoy this conversation with Tom, please take a second to hit that subscribe button below as it really helps. And thank you for watching. Last night, me and my house had a lot of fun. We were watching quite a few of your episodes. Um, you're pretty amazing. Cheers, thank you very much. The first thing I want to talk about is, I think, maybe the most, the thing you're most famous for, which is getting the highest number of points in a show. Mm-hmm. So you scored 154 points in a show, which I believe is a maximum game. Which... Yes, I couldn't have scored higher in the game, yeah. Previous record was 152, and I think there's been around 8,000 episodes ever in Countdown yeah. so far. So um, quite a feat. Let's start off talking about that. So what was that experience like, getting that high score? Um, well, I was actually quite relaxed at the time. Um, so they filmed five shows in a day, and this was the fourth show that I'd filmed in a day. Um, so I was starting to you know, feel a bit tired towards the end. I was making sure that I was topping myself up um, on Coke and flapjacks and stuff like that to try and, you know, give me a bit of a sugar boost. Um, and, you know, throughout the game, my main goal really um, was to try and get a nine letter word because I hadn't got one in the previous games. Um, but I wasn't like pressuring myself to, to find a nine letter word. Um, and then the first nine letter word came up, uh, which was brimstone. So I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve in this particular game. And then I was generally quite cautious with my letter picks, if you know what I mean. I wasn't going to go for a word if I didn't know what it meant. Um, but mainliner came up uh, and I wasn't 100% sure, but I was like, well, you know, you've already got a nine letter word. Why don't you just give it a go and, and see if it works? And uh, it was actually in the dictionary. Um, so, and then luckily the round after that, I saw oversight, which I was much more confident of, uh, thankfully. Um, so it got towards the end of the game and it was, um, the numbers round. And I think Colin was taken away. Colin Murray, the host was taken away by the producer, um, who was talking in his ear. And, um, I overheard him say, oh, do we tell him or do we not? Um, and he came back to his chair anyway. Uh, and just before my opponent picked her number selection, which was a six small number selection, which is famed to be quite difficult, um, Colin kind of alluded to the fact that I was on for the highest score. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling the pressure at the time, but I think given that he knew what was going on and then my opponent went six small, which thankfully was a very nice, easy numbers round, which was something like 10 times 10 plus eight for 108. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, it'd be nice to, to get it if I can. And then he did actually say that I was on for it just before the conundrum, yeah. So how did you feel when Colin said, you know, you got to do, if you do this correctly, you're going to get the high score? Yeah. Were, you, were you nervous? No, I wasn't nervous particularly. Uh, I was quite chilled out about it. I was already happy with the score that I'd already got. Um, and I wasn't 100% sure that I was actually on for the highest score beforehand. So I was just treating it like a normal game, really. Um, but he kind of likes to build the pressure a little bit. He likes to add a bit of like a sportsman's commentary uh, to the game. And uh, he was doing a bit of that just before the final conundrum. And I could feel my heart, you know, pumping a little bit. Um, and I saw the conundrum anyway. And at first sight, I was like, I've got no idea what this is. And then thankfully it did come to me in the end. So uh, yeah, was happy to achieve it, but was quite relaxed actually after I'd uh, after I'd got the highest ever score on that day anyway. 
when the filming stopped of, of that episode, yeah. what was it like, uh, what the team like? And yeah, um, so there was quite a lot of chatter afterwards. Um, Rachel Riley apologised to Lauren, who was my opponent on my behalf, um, because of the result. Um, and, you know, she was asking me, oh, did you know you were on for the highest scores? And I, well, I had an inkling that I could have been, but you never know that an episode that might have been unbroadcast perhaps since I actually watched the, the last live episode may have beaten the previous uh, score. Um, so, yeah, uh, there was just lots of chatter. Um, some pictures were taken as well, the runners. Um, and uh, one of the pictures that the runners took, I decided to use as my Twitter profile picture as well. Um, but my opponent was really nice about it all. She was just happy to be there. She was there for the experience. Um, and yeah, it, it was really nice um, overall. And I must admit, because we went home the same day after we did the first five episodes, um, it didn't really sink in until like the next day. I was like, oh my God, this is what I've done. Was that the best feeling you've ever had when you, <laughs> when you got 154, that, that moment? Was that, the, was that the best moment of your life? Um, probably not. I mean, it might be one of the best achievements of my life. But um, yeah, I would say that in terms of how I felt overall, it was generally kind of shock because I was only intending to try and win one game and then I kept on winning a couple more. I was like, well, you know, it's nice to make it to the fourth game. But from then on afterwards, I was, I was relaxed, really. Um, I wasn't fussed about how I did from then onwards. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't quite believe that I did it. But, uh, you know, a little bit of history was made, and uh, I'll gladly take that. How did all of the coverage around it um, when the show came out and being invited on BBC News and, and all these things feel this kind of uh, period of fame? Yeah, um, so the weekend after the episode came out, the 154, um, I was contacted by the Sunday Times and uh, that was probably the first media thing that I did and uh, they did kind of like a piece, so I spoke to the guy on the phone and they did um, a spread, uh, just kind of like my life story and whatever and you know, they were asking me Questions, how did you feel You know, when you achieved the highest ever score? What's your history with watching the show, etc., etc.? Um, and it got to the point where, you know, it had all been done over the phone. And then he said to me afterwards, he said, oh, um, how did you do in your GCSEs and whatever? And I said, oh, I got, well, uh, no, sorry, A-levels. I've got three Ds at A-levels and whatever. And I think that's why I've kind of received the attention that I have done, because you'd perhaps expect someone like me to perhaps be getting A-grades and whatever. Um, because I achieved the highest score. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the, the main attention, it was after my final eighth episode was aired, and then it was just non-stop, really. I had to go home because I was too overwhelmed one day. Um, the phone just wouldn't stop ringing. I had to leave a lecture to speak to BBC Breakfast over the phone, which was first and um, my one of my I had to give an excuse to my lecturer that I was late because I was on the phone to Radio 4 which is something that she never experienced either. Now my housemate made a good point last night which is I guess what was maybe more impressive than, than your particular high school that one episode was was maybe the, the 120 rounds in a row mm. you, you, where you, you didn't lose a single round because yeah. that really shows as opposed to this, this, this one particular game just the fact that you are so consistent and it's mm. real proof that um, it wasn't just like a one-off fluke or something mm. you do this so many times in a row. Did, did that feel more impressive to you, that, that string of um, um, rounds without losses? Not necessarily, but what I will say is that I actually enjoyed that game more, um, the final eighth game, um, in comparison to the one that I got the highest score because Colin Murray was 
he's super invested in the show. He's a great host, in my opinion. And uh, he was much more invested in it than what I was. And it got to the final show, and uh, I was up against my opponent, Ben. And there were a couple of occasions where Ben had chanced a longer word than mine, but it wasn't in the dictionary. And I can notably remember one of the rounds where he found Remainer, which you would think is a valid word in the dictionary, and I declared it a seven-letter word instead. And basically, you know, Colin thought, oh, this is it, this is over. Um, but it turns out that you couldn't, you couldn't have it because it was a capitalised word. So, uh, yeah, um, once that round, once that game was finished, uh, I mean, you know, everybody was hugging and whatever, Colin Murray hugged me, my opponent, pictures were taken, just talking to everybody, it was great, yeah. You set some other records on your time on, on, on that series as well, did you? In terms of the quarterfinal, the semi-final and the final, I'm the only person to solve all of the conundrums for that. Um, so I wasn't actually going to buzz in uh, for the grand final for the conundrum because I was looking at it, I couldn't see. And then my opponent had a stab at it, He his guess was wrong. And then Colin kind of like, emphasise the fact that oh have you got your finger on your buzzer because there was literally like half a second left I was looking at word endings and I genuinely thought I'd made this word up minacious um, but I buzzed in and it turned out it was the correct answer and you could probably see much the shock on my face as a result was there something else about a thousand points though maybe that wasn't a record but what was the thousand yeah. points thing um so the a thousand points was the amount of points that I'd accumulated over the eight games. So I averaged 125 over eight games. And um, like I said, genuinely, I wasn't push pressuring myself to set these records. Um, but it was in the final game that I played, a couple of difficult number selections came up. So I wasn't really picking up the points. And it looked like I needed 124 in the final game to get to a thousand points. Um, and then it was looking like, you know, I wasn't going to get it towards the end. But then a nine-letter word popped up, and a nine-letter word equates to eighteen points. Um, so I only needed a nine-letter, and then I needed like a seven-letter word minimum in order to get there. And then I got a seven in the next round, got the numbers, and then got the conundrum, which meant that I got a thousand points exactly, which was very satisfying. Um, and it meant, as a result, that I wasn't necessarily kicking myself over the words that I chickened in previous games and stuff like that, because I think I would have actually preferred to have the 1,000 points over 1,005 points, if you know what I mean, um, just because it's a nice round figure. <laughs> yeah, that's very satisfying. Yeah. Obviously, you also won um, just the series, Series 86, I believe. Mm. Um, so out of all these records and winning the series, what actually meant the most to you, do you think? Um, not necessarily the records, but the things that it did for me as a result, um, it gave me a huge confidence boost and that's something that other people have, you know, remarked upon. Um, and just, you know, spontane um, spontaneity as well. Uh, it's enabled me to do things on a more spontaneous basis, like, for example, travelling down to London. I wouldn't have done it, like, a week in advance beforehand, but, you know, I did in the end. Um, there was another example where I went to see Joe Lysett in Birmingham um, a couple of months ago and I was looking at his gigs and there were literally only two night, uh, two tickets available. It was the night before and I went for it and uh, yeah, don't didn't regret it as a result. But I wouldn't have done that, I don't think, had I not been on Countdown and it had given me the confidence boost that it had. 
That's, that's, um, that's brilliant. Maybe this is kind of uh, like related to exactly what you're saying, because mm-hmm. I, I think I read it maybe in a BBC article, but you, you um, suffered for a little bit from um, agoraphobia. Yeah. Is that right? So is yeah. this the kind of way that this has helped with the confidence to overcome that a bit? So it wasn't overly prevalent um, when I was filming the episodes, but I definitely was feeling nauseous and a bit anxious before filming the odd episode. Um, it, I wouldn't necessarily say so because it comes back in bouts and I'm going through a bout of it at the minute but it's I mean like if you think back to what five years ago or something like that when I was at my worst I couldn't go out of the house I couldn't you know eat food in public and that sort of thing underweight that sort of stuff and eventually uh, you know I would never have come to London for example five years ago um, but I have done so today so yeah you could say that it has it has improved the confidence in that regard yeah if someone doesn't know exactly what um, agoraphobia is, how would you kind of explain it? Maybe how it affects you? So it's effectively the fear of going out or the fear of public spaces. Um, the symptoms that I tend to experience um, are a sense of sickness, um, feeling like I'm going to be sick. Um, sometimes, you know, I can get a bit tight chested. I can begin to sweat, that sort of things. Uh, thing and yeah it makes you feel like you're unwell I mean at least when I first started experiencing the symptoms I I thought well I need to see the doctor because I've obviously got this bug Um, but the doctor kind of made me realize that it wasn't the case Um, but yeah it can be quite debilitating but through a bit of meditation um, I would say that's definitely helped me out in with regards to just pushing myself out and also just experiencing what it's like to be out in public Meditation is maybe the most helpful thing for, for it has to be. The meditation has been very helpful, although admittedly I've been a bit lax with it at the minute, um, which may be why I've had a little bit more of a bout again. Um, but yeah, I downloaded Headspace and um, that's something that I try to do every day, but admittedly I haven't done it in several weeks. So that's, yeah, that's a plan for me to do in the next couple of days, I would say, to try and get back into doing meditation. Sort of calm breathing is in particular extremely helpful. Is meditation something that helped you at all with uh, dealing uh, with the pressure on being on countdown or just um, solving the problems themselves? I would say it helped me out in terms of the nerves. Um, I genuinely was very relaxed about the whole experience overall. I I honestly didn't really care whether I got the highest score or not at the time. It was just a case of, you know, I'd wanted to be on the show for years and uh, finally got the opportunity. So as long as I felt as though I did myself justice, I was all right. Um, but I was doing calm breathing while I was kind of like sat in the chair before filming the first episode. I was making sure that I was talking to the other contestants as well to try and take my mind off things. And yeah, it has been beneficial. Yeah, that, that feeds nicely into the next part. You say you wanted to be on the show for years. So I did mm. want to ask then, yeah, what, what was the story then of how you ended up even being on Countdown in the, in the first place? So I first applied to be on Countdown when I was 16. Um, purely because it was something that I felt that I was decent at at the time and also it's one of the I've been watching sort of like quiz shows and game shows for well since I was a kid really and uh, it was it's one of the few shows that you can go on uh, at 16 so I sent the application form off and you know didn't hear anything back and then a couple of months later they said to me oh you know you passed your audition Um, and then Circumstances happened, um, which have been mentioned elsewhere, and I was a bit of a naughty boy, um, pestering the Countdown Twitter account, and uh, as a result, I got blocked, and I was just being a bit immature, really, and they kind of, like, deferred my application as a result. Um, So I kept on applying, like, the year after that, the year after that, 
And then it got to the beginning of last year, 2022, and uh, I sent the application form off again. And to my surprise, uh, they you know, offered me the chance to do an audition over the phone, um, which was really needed at the time, actually. Um, I was having a terrible week. I was, you know, I was like, nothing good is happening to me. It's all, everything's, you know, going badly, that sort of thing. Mental health wasn't great. Spent a lot of time in bed. And um, it was just something to look forward to. So I did that. And uh, they do six letters rounds, two numbers rounds and two conundrums. And of course, you have to get a certain amount in order to pass. Um, so this was about April time, managed to pass, was told about a week later, and then about a month afterwards I was given some filming dates. What exactly were you doing to um, on Twitter? Being very overzealous, I would say. Uh, like I said, I was probably about 16, 17 at the time, and everybody makes sort of silly mistakes then. Um, sort of like, yeah, just tagging them in comments and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, thankfully, they gave me another chance, which was, which was nice of them to do so. But I'm glad, in, I mean, I, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad that it happened, that I did go on when I did, because more mature as a result, I probably would, would have been much more competitive back then. And of course, there isn't anything wrong necessarily with being competitive, but I think if I was being competitive about it, when I did actually go on, it would suck the fun out a little bit. If I was like spending hours trying to revise words and that sort of thing and practice numbers, rounds and then it would have put unnecessary pressure on myself and uh, I think my chilled out demeanor was you know quite evident um, watching the shows and uh, I would say yeah not putting the pressure on myself helped. So why did you want to go and cut that? Um, purely because I thought it was something that I could do relatively well at. Uh, at the time it was something you know I, I was watching it when I was suffering from agoraphobia and uh, I didn't really go out of the house much at the time, you know. Uh, it was just after I'd finished secondary school, and it was kind of like a constant. It was on in the afternoon. I can remember watching Wimbledon, and I can remember watching Countdown at the time, and I was getting a bit better, and I think there were some episodes on that were the finals of a particular series. And I wasn't disgracing myself. I wasn't beating the champions, but I wasn't disgracing myself. So I thought, well, you know, I could perhaps do quite well at this. Can you say anything more, though, about specifically why you were really interested in it? Maybe... Um... So maybe a bit about your personality or just you know, why you were so, so keen to do it. Um, so I was quite good at spelling tests as a kid um, and I would describe myself as a bit of a word nerd. So I kind of like, like looking at different words, finding out the meanings, that sort of stuff. Um, in terms of mental maths as well, um, at secondary school, we kind of like used to do these sort of like countdown numbers puzzles as sort of like a warm up exercise. So I'm just going to blow my nose actually. Uh, yeah, it was a warm-up exercise, what was I going to say? Um, and I was always solving them quite quickly. Uh, but if I did go on when I was 16, then I wouldn't have, you know, adopted the techniques that I know now, uh, which would have definitely helped me out because my numbers game was weaker than my letters game. It still is weaker than my letters game, but I'm better at it than what I once was. Yeah, I was intrigued. Were you a big reader when you were young? Not overly, no, actually, uh, which is quite ironic considering that I'm an English literature student. Um... One of the first times I can remember properly getting into reading was we were on holiday um, when I was about 12 or 13 and I was given a Kindle um, for Christmas, this Christmas before, and I was told to read Adrian Mole. Um, 
So I read the Eodrian Mall series and got hooked and spent more time reading on the Kindle than what I actually did, swimming in the sea and, you know, doing that sort of thing. Um, so it was, in a sense, it made me more antisocial than what it, than what it was intending me to do. But um, yeah, that was probably the first time I got into reading. And, you know, of course, I read as part of my degree now as well. Do you remember the first ever countdown show you watched on TV? Oh, blimey. Um... Not specifically, but I can remember watching it um, during half-term, sometimes on a more sporadic basis. Um, and my parents tell me that, because my great-grandmothers were both fans and I used to go over to their homes and sometimes could remember it on their TV as well. As perhaps one of the motivators I, I, um, for you to go on Countdown, you know, I read that, I don't know if you're too happy with some of your A-level grades. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, you the, the record for Countdown, I think a lot of people would assume you've just done fantastically well um, but you weren't so happy and no. it kind of in lieu of that you thought maybe I'll apply to countdown. I mean it was a difficult period where um, college and doing my A-levels and that sort of thing um, the main achievement in itself was actually finishing my A-levels and actually doing them um, I wasn't too happy with the grades but I kind of did have external circumstances at the time such as mental health issues that sort of thing uh, I was hardly going into college I can remember at the time that, you know, I was going in, uh, there would be at least one occasion every fortnight where I wasn't going into college, so the attendance wasn't great. Um, but in terms of going on countdown, well, I mean, I actually experienced this um, when I was doing my GCSEs as well. I got a grade in my GCSEs that I wasn't too happy with in terms of maths. I was like, my mental maths is much better than what this grade um, is. So... That was part of the reason why I wanted to show my teacher that I could that I could do maths, um, at least mental maths. Don't give me trigonometry or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was in the back of my mind, and uh, I think I've been able to prove it. You suddenly have. Um, at school, was your mental maths very good? Then did you stand out as uh, kind of the best person? Well, I wasn't in top set maths, um, but when we were doing the maths challenges, I well in terms of like the countdown numbers puzzles we I was generally finishing them quite quickly yeah yeah it seems that kind of um skill within just kind of you know, standard mathematics and, and mental maths can just come apart quite a bit can't they yeah 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 I mean <laughs> my grandpa gave me um a maths challenge which apparently many parents of kids that are sitting GCSEs couldn't solve and it was something to do with like the area of a shape how is finding out why such and such is such and such I had absolutely no idea <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever read the dictionary when you were younger? No, I didn't read the dictionary, no. I wondered if you'd gone for it a few times somehow and were able to um, absorb some data. No, I wasn't that invested. Um, I would say most of my word knowledge came from watching the show uh, and playing online as well. Um, you know, you come across these sort of odd, unusual words, but they may be quite useful in Countdown because the way that the letters are jumbled certain letters appear more than other letters so like you know an r might appear more than a z for example so sort of combinations do help and sort of word tricks and techniques such as um stems for example um word stems so say i don't know you see train for a five letter word and you see an o then you can remember that train plus o equals ration and that sort of thing so it's a way of extending. This, this is good because yeah, I want to. I actually, want, I've got a few questions. I want to kind of get into a little bit about how you've, you know, how you, why you were so good and your mm. techniques and skills. So I've got a few questions there. Um, first one is from the moment you've found out that you're going to be on the show yeah. until you're on the show. How long was that between 
Well, there's actually quite an interesting story um, about that. So I filmed properly uh, for the first time in August, um, but I was given the filming date back in May time or something like that to film in the June. Um, so I went up in June and you're allowed to bring one guest and I brought my mum along because she's a huge Countdown fan and she probably would have written me out of the will if I didn't invite her to be my guest. Um, so we went up to Media City in Salford where they film it and on the day I was feeling very, very anxious, you know, stayed in the hotel overnight and on the day um, I had a phone call a couple of hours before I was supposed to be at the studio saying we're really sorry, but we've had to cut your episode because Colin Murray has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, so I wasn't really sure how to feel at the time because I was getting anxious over nothing effectively. And um, in the end, uh, I'm quite glad that I didn't film when I did because I would have ran into the number three seed uh, had I in the first episode uh, had I filmed back in June. But anyway, cutting to the point... Um, was given some new dates, went up in August and the first episode was aired in September so I didn't actually have to wait that long. So in that period from when you knew you were going to be on the show until you are on the show, um, how did you train exactly? I was kind of doing a bit of casual practice online, um, watching the show as regularly as I could and also yeah, playing on an app um, which is on my phone. Going through old episodes as well, just watching once per day? Well, I did actually tend to find that I was getting lots of suggestions coming up on YouTube for like old countdown episodes and things like that. Um, I wasn't watching old episodes on all four or anything like that, but sometimes I would just, if I was bored, I'd look at an old episode on YouTube and see what I could do um, with the selections that were given, yeah. So it doesn't sound too rigorous there. It, you put it, it wasn't hours and hours and hours a day, it was just no. a bit here and there. It's it, quite, it, quite amazing. Yeah, there was a time when it was quite rigorous and... That was probably about three, four years ago. Um, and I was very invested in, you know, trying to do as well as I could. So a lot of my word knowledge came from then. Um, I learnt it back then. And then it's just a case of trying to... Well, it's not a case of trying to retain it, but remembering what I've learnt, if you know what I mean, and just using those techniques and strategies um, when practising for the real thing on this occasion. Did you, during that period, find yourself thinking about Countdown all day, though? That sounds maybe a bit of a silly question, but do, do kind of, uh, do numbers or words come into your head much throughout the day and you kind of try and solve things? A little bit, a little bit. Um, so sometimes with people's names or with place names, I try to kind of like make anagrams out of them. Um, so I do that sometimes if I'm a bit bored. Um, so in that aspect, yes. Um, and I did, I did find on the odd occasion that I was dreaming about Countdown in the run-up to filming as well. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask if you ever dreamt about it. Um, yeah. Were you solving problems in... No, in the I wasn't solving problems in my sleep. It was just sort of stuff like being there and whatever. I was dreaming that I was in the studio and stuff like that, yeah. Any, um, any particular techniques then would mm. be good to talk about? So let's start with... Um, obviously, you've got these kind of three different... Um, challenges on, on countdown so the words um sorry the letters round yeah first of all can you tell us a bit about some of the, the techniques that you use in, in the letters yeah. round um so i mentioned about the word stem techniques um i tend to find that people always if they watch countdown on a fairly regular basis there's like a word that they pretty much always spot nine times out of ten um so it's quite useful to kind of like uh, there's a resource online called Apturus which I used uh, and I was practicing against like former champions and people that had been on the show beforehand so they were passing down passing on their wisdom 
Um, so words that you commonly find, if you look online on this resource, then it tells you if you you know find an A plus this word, it equals that word. Um, and another thing for the word rounds is that I developed something called um, false anagrams. So, for example, there was an occasion on the show where I declared the word neuromast. I had absolutely no idea what the word neuromast meant, but I'd come across it before because I declared amounters, which is a much more plausible word, but it's invalid and it's not in the dictionary. So in my head, I knew that amounters equals neuromast and it came in handy on the show. Um, they're the main ones that kind of come to mind, but if you're going back to kind of like basics and prefixes and suffixes are, are key really, you know, ing um, at the end of the words rounds, um, you know, re words, est words, that sort of thing, um, they're crucial to kind of like helping you extend, extend the words that you find on the show. How much um, do you feel is kind of when you look at the when you look at the the letters in front of you feels mm. kind of intuition things kind of come to you or as opposed to you kind of working through some specific technique to try and combine things? It'd be good to hear when the when the letters appear, uh-huh. step by step, if if possible, could you kind of explain yeah. what you try to do if a word doesn't just instantly appear to you? Yeah. Maybe it does. Like so, when I was picking the words, uh, the letters, or if my opponent was picking the letters, then I would try and think of a word that you know, a consonant might, potential consonant might give me this and whatever, that sort of thing. Um, I can remember that coming up in the oversight round, the round where I spotted oversight. Um, generally, because of the practice, the words kind of like come to me immediately, if you know what I mean. So most of the words that I found on the show, I probably solved within the first 15 seconds. Um, but quite often there is an occasion where I'm like, oh, you know, I know this word is an anagram of something, but I just can't think of it and eventually do kind of get there in the end. Look at the word endings or think of words that are similar and, you know, hope that they kind of, it will come to me in the end. How about the numbers round then? Mm. So, you know, all the numbers come up, um, yeah. the clock starts. Run me through that. How do you how do you try and solve the, the problem? Numbers problems. Um, so... The basic is that you kind of learn your 75 times table, you learn your 25 times table, and, you know, just try and make sure that you're fairly confident with that. Um, Another thing that is key in the numbers rounds is something called split multiplication. So, say, for example, you've got a 100, a 2, and a 6, and you're trying to make 612. I mean, I know there are normally five numbers in in the numbers game. Uh, Six numbers even. Oh, dear. Disgracing myself there. Um, But let's just say for this example, we've got um, three numbers. So there's 100, a 2, and a 6. And, of course, you can use multiplication. Division, subtraction, addition, that sort of thing. Um, So ordinarily, what people might do is they might say, oh, 100 times 6, and then add 2 on. But they realise, oh, well, because you can only use the numbers once, you can't get there. But if you stick the 2 and add it onto the 100, then what you're doing is 100 times 6 plus 2 times 6. And it's kind of the same if the target was 606 and you've got a 1 there, you're doing 100 times 6 plus 1 times 6 for 618 if it was 103. So 100 plus 3, 100 times 6 plus 3 times 6, if you know what I mean. And that is, that's one of the game changers for me. Um, that definitely helped me improve my numbers skills. There are some steps for that example. Do, do ever sometimes you just see the solution pretty quickly um 
without really reason for it. You just kind of go, oh, it's probably like that. Is that ever yeah. happened much? Sometimes, but I often find that it's important to kind of like get to a certain, like rounding numbers to the nearest zero, for example, sometimes is quite a useful thing or the nearest factor. Um, so say, for example, you've got 570 um, and the target's 569, then try and get to 570 and keep a one left over, um, that sort of thing. And that's one of the, that's an important step in my opinion, making sure that you have numbers left over if you're just trying to improve the numbers game anyway, um, it definitely helps me out. And I can kind of, it's got to the stage where I can kind of just see things, if you know what I mean. I know, like, oh, it'd be better for me to use this number instead so that I can keep this number left over in the end. So sometimes the numbers you just try and get close, leave yourself a few numbers so you can then kind of whittle exactly. away to the end. Yeah. Um, do you ever approach it a bit differently thinking, well, I may get close, but then it's going to be hard to make that final adjustment and you have to kind of really plan the whole way through from the start mm. it seems like maybe a different approach yeah um i would say with the trickier number solutions and that that does happen um so i remember looking through a numbers round the other day and the target was 708 now i know in my head that 175 times four because there was a four in the selection makes 700 um and 177 times four is 708 because you're adding the two times four onto the 700. Um, so the case was trying to keep the four left over, but because there were lots of small numbers there, I had to try and like find the numbers that would get to like 175, for example, and then keep a two left over in order to get to 177, yeah. Interesting, okay. Um, so the last and the last one is the conundrum. Mm. So any tips, the techniques there, how do you approach that? It's similar to the word rounds, looking for word endings or prefixes, suffixes, that sort of thing. Um, it got to the point to me where I can pretty much see a conundrum because I recognise the letters, if you know what I mean. But one of the techniques that I do use, so somebody asked me when I solved the conundrum braveness, um, you know, how did I, I got it fairly quickly, how did I do it in that time? Um, and I like to separate the vowels and the consonants. So... You've got a B, an R, a V, an N, and then two S's, and you kind of like in your head, and then an A, an E, and an E. In your head, you've got to try and think, well, it's not necessarily a case of knowing the answer. It's a case of thinking what word might include those letters, if you know what I mean. And I, you know, jumbled the letters around and managed to get to braveness. So you split them in vowels and consonants, try yeah. work out. How do, you, how do you then, though, work out what? What, uh, what word could have the letters in? Maybe that's just something that can... Just jumbling the letters around, really. So you're quickly moving them around? Yeah, moving them around. And then, of course, you've got the ness suffix as well. Um, so once you kind of, like, get rid of the ness, then you've got BRV. So it kind of comes to you, if you know what I mean. You've got brave. Is there any particular technique of how you're shuffling the letters around? Or... No, it's just it's random, really. It's hard to think this through. It's so detailed. You're just kind of doing it and, and see. You kind of just hope for the best, really, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're doing the, the letters round and the numbers round or, or the conundrum, mm. you know, obviously you've got 30 seconds. Mm. Um, is it like a stressful experience or is it quite fun? Like, um, what is it like in those 30 sessions? Especially, yeah. I suppose, on set may also be pretty different than at home. But Oh, God, definitely. Yeah. What's it like and what's the difference at, at set? You're definitely more prone to blanks on the set, I would say. Um, you know, missing words that you would normally see on the sofa because you don't have that pressure. Um... Quite often you would see me on the show and I'd have like my head in my hands like thinking, oh, I should be seeing something longer here in the letters rounds or something like that. Um, and there was another occasion, I think, 
in one of the numbers rounds where my opponent had put their pen down before me uh, so I could tell that they'd solved it and I was like, oh, I can't see the solution. So it kind of like plays with you mentally, if you know what I mean. Yeah, out of those three rounds, what do you find the most difficult? Uh, what's your favourite? Like- Personally, I actually enjoy the conundrums the most because I feel as though they're the ones that I'm the best at. Um, I enjoy all of the rounds, actually. Um, just being in the chair, uh, in the studio, I just, you know, fancied the challenge, if you know what I mean. And I got a bit of a kick out of, you know, doing it live in real time um but with the numbers rounds i did definitely feel the pressure a bit more and i know that i would have kind of like solved some solutions quicker than what i actually did on the show so um yeah um the numbers are the trickiest ones for me to retain the numbers abilities that is because you might forget factors and stuff like that but the letters rounds for me just kind of like come fairly naturally yeah if there are any big uh, countdown fans going to watch this this episode, maybe apart from the things you've said, what what are some kind of what are your top three or four tips you'd give them if they want to improve their ability yeah. at, at the game at any of these rounds? What would you uh, um, just say are some main ways to train? So one of the main ones is looking for prefixes and suffixes in the letters rounds, in the numbers rounds, making sure you know your seventy five and twenty five times table, um, and then adopting some of those strategies from the letters rounds into the conundrum as well in terms of the prefixes and suffixes. And then if you want to kind of like be a bit more advanced, then, you know, think about the word anagrams and the false anagrams, that sort of thing. I, I think I heard on a podcast that you, you said at maybe at quite an early age you were diagnosed with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. How do you think that plays a role maybe in, in your ability? I would say that uh, it makes me quite focused and quite driven. Um, so... That determination was there, in a sense, because I was determined to go on Countdown um, one day, uh, just didn't know when. And um, I, I'm not really sure, uh, actually, thinking about it right now, how it plays a part. But there is a bit of a correlation, I tend to find, that the people that do really well are on the spectrum, like series winners, that sort of stuff. Um, I think there is also a kind of like a connotation that people that win the series of savants and stuff like that and socially inept, which isn't the case um, from personal experience. And I would like to say that I have better social skills than being socially inept as well. Um, but yeah, it is something that you do tend to find that there are a high proportion of Asperger's sufferers or autistic people on the show. Can you give any examples of, of um, you know, we talked about all these different things you've got to do with letters and numbers and conundrum, where you think it, it, you can explain maybe how, the, how it could be helpful. If you're saying there is this correlation between people. I can't think of anything personally that comes to mind. Um, but I think one of the symptoms of being on the spectrum is that you tend to have like specific interests. So I mentioned the determination. So some people who are on the spectrum are, absolute countdown groupies let's say like people that have done really well they're obsessive um, they love the show very dedicated and I think that does help when it's like a real passion um, to just do as well as you can um, and that could be one of the reasons why people do do so well because they're on the spectrum your ability to kind of you know process information so fast and spot patterns does that, does that come at any cost? Is your mind quite busy? Yeah, no, no, my mind is quite busy. Uh, I'm quite a daydreamer and also quite an overthinker as well. Um, so I always kind of like like to have a backup plan if something doesn't work out. And that is obviously quite a useful strategy um, in the numbers rounds 
during countdown because you might see a particular route and like oh this route isn't working out for me so let's change approach um but yeah it can be a bit detrimental as well uh, the daydreaming and the overthinking because you know i can tend to find that i might get overly anxious about a particular thing or just i, I drift off sometimes during uni lectures at uh, uni during uni lectures as well um and sometimes can't particularly focus if i'm trying to write an assignment as well do your friends or your family ever describe you as a bit of a genius? I have seen comments, yeah. Um, I think the main sort of messages that I've received from friends and family is that they're very proud of me, which of course is very nice to hear. Um, as you can probably imagine, my parents are, my parents are you know, singing my praises and uh, my poor sister, I think, has uh, yeah, had to bear the brunt of the attention being focused on me instead. So it got towards one of my final episodes and she just didn't really have an interest in watching it. She was, you know, just sat there in the, in the lounge on the phone and I can understand that. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice and it's been good for the ego as well. But I've been trying to stay humble as a result. Speaking of your parents, um, mm. your mum's quite a Countdown fan, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Your yeah. dad as well? Dad less so, uh, but sometimes he does participate in like the word rounds. Um, and I find it quite ironic, actually, considering that he's probably the most qualified person in my household, that he's probably the worst at Countdown out of all of us. But I have been trying to get my mum to send in an application because she started off right at the very beginning and she was probably seeing like four or five letter words on average. And now, you know, she's getting scores over 100 as well. So with a bit of practice, I think anybody can, can improve at the show. A couple more things I wanted to ask, I uh, meant to earlier, about, about your kind of time at Countdown on the show. So, um, yeah, any kind of favourite moments of all the episodes you had throughout the series? Obviously, you shot many episodes. Uh, maybe some favourite moments, some funny behind-the-scenes stories, uh, anything like this? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I think one of my favourite moments, as I mentioned, was the final episode. Um, uh, sorry, the final episode of my preliminaries, where, you know, Colin was super, super invested and there's... A clip on YouTube that you can watch um, at the final few rounds because um, I think he secretly did want me to to get it but he was also kind of like rooting for my opponent as well um, so that was one of my favorite moments um, I mean sort of in terms of like behind the scenes it's quite interesting to see how they work so the numbers board is on the back of the letters board so they swivel it around when it's time for the numbers round and they have a stand with all of the numbers on and just you know it's all very quick um you know just talking to the hosts talking to the guests that i had as well um and actually one of my favorite moments was just sort of like socializing with the other contestants everybody that i came up against were all nice people and um had a few drinks with a couple of the folks as well whilst i was up there was there a hardest uh, number solve or conundrum solve or letter solve that you do you remember something being really tricky? Well, I can definitely remember the conundrum in the grand final. Um, as I mentioned before, just being a pure guest looking for word endings and just coming up with Menacious, um, I genuinely had no idea that it was a word. Um, there was another one where it was actually impossible to get the number solution bang on. So you get seven points, if you like, within three, let's say. Uh, and I think I was about three away from the number solution. So that was one that was quite hard. Um, and there was another numbers round where, like I said, my opponent had put the pen down. But it was actually one that I would have got at home fairly early on. But it took me right up until the very end to actually get it. Um, so that, yeah, there's some of the rounds that kind of stick in my head. 
So you said you got venacious, but you didn't know it's a word. Do you get quite a good sense over time that it also being able to predict something that seems like it probably is a word? Mm. Is that the skill as well? Yeah, Um, I think studying English language at uh, A-level is quite useful because you kind of look at sort of historic um, word prefixes and suffixes and whatever. Um, So particularly with like Greek words like di at the beginning, bi at the beginning, that sort of thing, Latin words, that sort of stuff. So you can sometimes hazard a guess, yeah. As a bit of a surprise, I do have um, some paper here. Oh, I right, thought, okay. if it's all right, we could do a little demo. Okay. And I'll try and challenge you. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll give it a go. See if uh, you can work some things out. So we'll start with um, a couple of num- numbers challenges. Okay. Let's see if we can do it. Cool. So your six numbers are going to be 25. Yeah. 50. Yeah. 75 yeah 100 all oh, right okay three and six yeah and your target and i've got a timer here click <laughs> start i've also got the music yeah. already so uh proper production quality here um <laughs> your target is going to be nine five two okay cool let's go yeah, on that. Tom, you got anything? Well, firstly, I'd like to say that I do actually recognise this particular solution I because <laughs> I, I think I've seen a video on YouTube with the um, with the guy solving these particular yes. numbers. But oh, as it stands, nice. I couldn't remember it, so I oh. got to one away. Yeah. Well, I was so worried about that. Um, yeah, because I tried to find a difficult one. I thought I bet Tom's seen this, but you weren't. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. remember it. How, got, how close did you get? I got nine five three. Let, tell me how you did that. All That's right, so I, I said six plus three for nine. Okay. Times 100, 900, yeah. add 50, 950, yeah. and then 75 over 25 is the other three to add on. Oh, very good, very good. I mean, that was a hard round. It was. The solution, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do this myself, obviously, <laughs> was quite crazy. So it's apparently 100 plus 6 is 106. Yeah. 106 times 3 is 318. Then it goes crazy. 318 times 75 is 23,850. Right. 23,850 minus 50 is 23,800. 23,800 divided by 25 is 952. That is the YouTube video of probably the craziest one ever, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there are some tips and tricks when it comes to kind of like four large numbers, but yeah, I couldn't remember it. It's, it's just crazy how you just went up to such a high number and then brought it down. That's, oh, uh, I, agree. Like I think he might have been some sort of like math student at Oxford, which uh, perhaps explains things. I've got now two actually. You may know these because these were both off eight out of um out of eight uh, Right. Cats. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Does cat, do do you watch that much? Yeah, I do watch that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm quite often not in on a Friday night, and I know that's when they um, show them on the TV. Um, but sometimes they're on like all four, aren't they? And just watch them on catch up. Yeah. If I'm a bit bored. What does the, the, the standard countdown um, team and, and crew think of think of that show? I think Rachel and Susie quite enjoy doing it, to be honest. Um, I think they can kind of like let their hair down a little bit. And of course, it's past the watershed as well, so they uh, 
<laughs> they don't have to worry about you know swearing. But Susie Dent isn't particularly the sort of person to be foul mouthed from uh, from my experience. So, couple of here, just a quick um, two conundrums. So the first one is the word is like Wang, like, like Wang, Wang, yeah, L O K W N G, and the clue is a bit soft. Yeah. Play the sound. You can do it. I have got it. <laughs> Sorry, you got it. Yeah. No need yeah. for the sound then. What is it? A weakling. Perfect. Did you work that out or did you know that? Um, it might have rang a bell with me, but it's a case of kind of like, you know, crossing the IDN and the G out and, you know, thinking of the clue and got there in the end. Say that a little bit more. So what was the process? You crossed the I, the N and the... Yeah, so yeah. the yeah. ing uh, suffix is something that's that comes up quite a lot on okay. countdown. So you spotted that in like when you took the ING out. Yeah. And then you think... So, uh, and then I was drawn towards the W actually, because um, it's... It was an uncommon letter and was like wake week. I was like, ah, weakling. Oh, okay, so the uncommon letter W, you think, put that at the start? Um, it was just something that, I, it, it wasn't something that involved a lot of thought yeah. process, to be yeah. quite honest. I was just drawn just to it. It stood out to you. Yeah. And then you put something in the middle of it and you had weakling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do yeah. one more challenge. Um, this is maybe a little bit different. So I was actually looking online to try and find some really hard conundrums. Right, okay. I struggled yeah. a little bit to find maybe some some that you I thought you wouldn't see but what I did yeah. find was a spreadsheet that has loads of um loads of line letter strings that turn uh -huh. into words but they're not necessarily in the countdown conundrum format because they're not word word they're right. just a, a jumble of letters right okay that aren't anything mm. and then you've got to turn them into words and I'm just intrigued how you do with that right because okay. that must be much harder right okay um, yeah. or, or maybe it isn't have you yeah. ever tried that kind of thing much before? um I think there's sort of like um puzzle game uh, in one of the papers where there's kind of like a letter in the middle and there were, you have to use that letter in order to get, you have to find as many words as you can effectively, so yeah. Okay, so just give you a couple, see how, see how you do. I'm intrigued if they, if they seem more difficult. So mm. let's give you a string of letters. So one of them is um, A, A, mm -hmm. E, G, yeah. R, R, yeah. S, T, Z. And it just turns into a word. Yeah. Stargazer. Brilliant. Can you tell me the process there? I was drawn to star. Yep. Um, I kind of had an assumption that there could have been a nine-letter word there. Um, so, yeah, across, you know, we raised the star and then you've got A, E, G, R and Z left over. Um, and the Z does help out, so you've got, like, greys and gazer, you know. So that's how I got to it. Another one would be um, A, C, E, G, mm -hmm. H, M. Yeah. O R T. Ooh. See how you do. I don't even know if it's a word or not. <laughs> I've got a nine letter word, it's just a case. Oh no, actually, that might be it. Is it techogram or am I making Ooh, or am similar? I making that up? Hectogram? Yes, hectogram. Oh, that was my original one as well. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. And you changed it to what tech to? Uh, techogram. Techogram. Yeah. Okay, well, does techogram mean anything or you weren't sure? No, sure. I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. Oh, okay, so hectogram, yeah, measurement of 100 grams. Yeah. Are they harder at all than when it's just, uh, you know, two words in a row or does that not really help at all? At the end of the day, the letters rounds on the show that come up are in a different order anyway. There isn't like a set order that people kind of like pick their vowels or pick their consonants in. So it could be anything really, yeah. Uh, just interested in your, in your free time what do you do to relax what do you get up to so one of my hobbies is playing badminton um so i try to play badminton twice a week at my local club um 
I mean, I aspire to keep active. I don't necessarily always keep active. Um, in the past, I've done a bit of um, park running. So they're timed three 5K runs um, located all across the country and around the world as well. Um, but I've struggled. They take place at 9 a.m. every morning, as I've said. And uh, I sometimes struggle to get myself out of bed, uh, especially on a Saturday morning in time. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I... I quite like just watching sort of TV programs, that sort of stuff, uh, going out and about, seeing places, sightseeing, that sort of stuff, cultural things. Game shows on TV are the main thing you watch? Or? I watch Pointless, um, so from time to time, yeah. Uh, I quite like comedy as well, so I do go out and try and go to some gigs, both music and comedy gigs as well. Do you want to go on Pointless? Have you got plans to go on any other game shows? Yeah, uh, I mean, I saw that they're actually reviving Deal or No Deal, which might be quite an interesting one to go on because I could win quite a lot of money without having to answer any sort of quiz questions. Um, and I've been thinking, you know, what on earth am I going to do to pay off the student loans? So if I win a hefty amount of money, then it could be a good idea to go on that one. Um, but Pointless, yeah, I have been thinking about going on Pointless as well. Um, me and my mum have, because I live at home, um, we've watched it for years now and um, yeah, we've said that we would go on with each other because we usually do relatively well at home. And you're at University of Worcester at the moment yes, studying right. English Literature with Media and Culture, mm. how's that going? Yeah, it's going alright. Uh, I'm in my final semester now so uh, I've got to kind of get my head down. Uh, I mean last semester when all of the sort of countdown stuff was happening. I must admit that, uh, yeah, it did distract me from uni, um, a whole countdown experience. So I think I really need to kind of like get my head down and, and get on with things and hopefully get a decent grade um, overall, a decent degree classification. And yeah, plans after the degree, what are you thinking future-wise with, uh, with the career? So I was planning to go into teaching actually, um, to become an English teacher at a secondary school. Uh, we'll wait and see how it goes really degree-wise, um, but I have experience of working at, with secondary age kids in the past and I uh, think I fancy the challenge, although I might not say that in five years' time, who knows. What is it about that that, um, that tempts you to do it? The rewarding nature of the profession, I think, um, knowing that you can kind of like play a part in helping the kids get better at English and also it's quite an important age um, so they might be beginning to get ideas about what they want to do in the future and that sort of thing so to kind of like play a part in that would be great I think. you may have been asked this a lot so apologies if you do so but your, your you know your skills and your talent that you're able to you know enabled you to do so well countdown mm. did that did, did they did those skills ever um, did you ever think that those skills could be utilized somehow in your future career I don't know. I mean, I could always use sort of like word rounds uh, to warm the kids up. I mean, you know, they could try and look through the dictionary and whatever and see the longest word that they could find with the letters in. Um, and of course, that's, you know, potentially enabling them to get into words and that sort of thing. So I'm sure Susie Dent would be pleased. Perhaps it's not appropriate to actually draw like some kind of connection, but uh -huh. some kind of like uh, GCHQ code breaker. Uh -huh. is, there, is there any way you think that could actually be genuinely like a transferable skill? Well, I personally am not interested in that department, um, although I have had sort of, you know, offers in a sense to perhaps go and, you know, see GCHQ and whatever and other areas of the civil service I mean it personally doesn't appeal to me although whilst I am thankful to the offers uh, for the offers that I've received um, of course it probably would be um, and I have been told that there are quite a, there is quite a high percentage of people on the spectrum who work at GCHQ from people that do work there I also just wanted to end uh, by highlighting one point, which was I thought when you broke the record, what was so great, and I think uh, Colin, um, 
or some of the staff said this on the set, but as soon as you wanted, they asked you how you felt and you pretty, you know, quickly just drove into, drove in, um, um, into just thanking, thanking mm. everyone mm. who worked on the set, behind yeah, the camera, yeah. behind that camera. You do seem a very humble guy you, and, yeah, I also notice on like on YouTube comments on quite a few videos, people often say, "I went to s- school with Tom. He's oh, he very nice." <laughs> and stuff. So you seem to be not only seriously bright, but a very very nice and humble guy. Cheers, thank you very much. Well, Tom, this was great. Um, again, congratulations on uh, on your success, and wish you all the best for the future. And thanks for this conversation. It was great fun. Thanks, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you enjoy the human podcast, please consider subscribing. I hope to see you soon.